Last election, if my math is correct here, there were about six and a quarter million votes for the Liberals. There was about six and a half million votes for the Conservatives. The Conservatives lost because they got most majority uh, majority of the uh, populist votes, but not the, the ridings of the districts. But then there was uh, about two and a half, two point eight million votes for the NDP, which is the Bernie Sanders-esque socialist party in Canada. And uh, the Bloc Québécois, which is a Quebec nationalist party that only runs in Quebec. It's kind of a troll on the race. You know, if, if this is something that, you know, if people wanted secession, this is actually kind of something to think about. I don't know if it will work, but... but um, what they do is they they send, I don't know how many seats there are in Quebec. There's probably like 100 seats or something. And they send uh, representatives from all those seats uh, to run for federal election. But they don't put anyone in any seats outside of Quebec whatsoever. So it's a nationalist. Uh, it's a nationalist party, essentially. So it's very smart on their behalf. So they send, like, they usually win about... 15 to 30 seats, depending depending on how disgruntled, if they're not very gruntled, if the Quebecois are feeling a little bit, uh, <laughs> they had a little, if they've had too many cigarettes and uh, Molson export, and they're not liking what the federal government's saying, and they, they're not a fan of Trudeau there. Trudeau is like, uh, what's the right analogy? He's like, uh, it's like when Beto O'Rourke said he was Latino. Trudeau is kind of like that to the French. Yeah, he speaks nice French, uh, but he grew up in Ottawa. His mom is Anglo. And uh, his dad, uh, the Quebecois, didn't actually like him very much, even though it was Pierre Trudeau. He was sort of a, he wasn't a man of the French-Canadian people. So anyway, they don't like him very much. The last election, they got about 2 million seats or something, or maybe a little bit more. And, uh, or votes, excuse me, not seats. Anyway, point is, uh, all votes combined, there's probably about 10 million to 11 to 12 million votes in the actual election. Um, and there were only 50,000 ballots cast by mail. It's very few. It's very few, all things considered. Uh, so I voted today for the People's Party of Canada. And I have never seen something like this, my friends, in Canada. I mean, I, I'm not expecting them to win. Uh, but last election, and I, forgive me for all the inside baseball here, but you got to bear with me. You, you hired a Canadian, so you're going to get some of the Canadian stuff. Uh, maybe maybe you like it. Maybe uh, let me know in the chat. I'll, I forgot to log on, but I'll get on there in a minute if you like it. Because you know it's kind of like this mystical place where there's frozen things and moose and 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 communism. <laughs> it's like a, it's like if the Soviet Union was your neighbor, but they were more friendly. Um, for now, and uh, but uh, actually, we have much better beer than the Soviet Union. They, I think they just had vodka. Who knows? But last election, the People's Party of Canada they got under three hundred thousand votes. Whole country, like enough, they didn't even get a seat. This election, they're polling almost in third place. I know polls are whatever, and but the thing is, polls are always against the actual will of the people. We know this, okay? How many how many points behind was Trump, right? The first time, and when he won the second time, but they didn't recognize it. And uh, they're polling at like 13, 14 percent, which puts them in third party status. They've had literally like a fourteen hundred percent increase since last election easily they're 10 times more popular easily like it's not even a question i knew nobody who voted for the ppc last time because the conservatives seemed relatively conservative and they had a decent chance of winning and and andrew Scheer, the leader at the time he was actually pro-life and blah blah all that stuff he was a catholic he is a catholic but he just yeah um nobody really did it was kind of like eh you know because the ppc you know they were going on about freedom and and your rights being taken away and all this kind of stuff and they sort of are it's kind of like a libertarian minded party 
but they had their finger on the pulse. Uh, but no one was taking him seriously. Well, that was in late 2019. I think it was October. So jokes on them, or jokes on everybody else, because six months later, the PPC was looking real correct. Uh, they're the only party in Canada going against vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, all that nonsense. No, lo- no lockdowns. Their their platform reads like something you'd expect from like a almost like a a Texas secessionist party. I mean that in a good way. Uh, like uh, very little immigration. Not anti fully. You know, strategic. You, know, you can you can decide to bring people in or out. That's up to whatever you need for industry and I don't know whatever. Uh, repealing multiculturalism legal legal uh, framework, which is basically like repealing CRT. We've had something like that for a long time. They're based. They're extremely firearms. They got candidates posing with their guns and shooting. It's like awesome. Uh, they're not a pro-life or pro-choice party. They're just sort of, uh, like, you know, of the people, they say. So the vast majority of their candidates are pro-life. And the leader is uh, apathetic. He says whatever the, the, the members want to bring up. So anyway, it's a fun time to be alive right now because I have never seen such political engagement. You know, I'm going to a rally Wednesday evening. Uh, political rallies are not a thing in Canada. Even when Trudeau was going through the country in 2015 when he was like the boy band wonder, you know, the soy boy extraordinaire and, and making all the, the soccer moms hearts melt. Uh, even then, he'd fill up like a high school gym or something, but it was very tame. This is like thousands of people when you're technically not supposed to have over 100 or something like that outside in the same place. People are literally risking, you know, this is like people are willing to break the law. They're willing to break the law to go support this party. I've never seen such motivated ground game from a Canadian party. Uh, going, People going door to door. Uh, I've never seen so many political signs in my area for one party. It's actually astonishing. I don't know what's going to happen, but they're easily 10 times more popular than they were last time. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping here, folks, that um, the best case scenario is they get a few seats in the election and the conservatives go, oh, crap. Uh, we basically destroyed our base and we actually have to at least pretend to be conservative or we're screwed uh, because the momentum is just going to, there's a lot of people right now who are on the fence and they're thinking they want to vote for the conservative option because they think he's at least better than Trudeau, which objectively speaking, he is. I mean, Trudeau was asking for basically medical apartheid Nazis with jackboots covered in communist colors. I mean, he's basically asking for all that nonsense. Uh, whereas the conservative guys saying, well, we shouldn't have vaccine mandates, but you should have to test to get on an airplane. Well, we shouldn't have vaccine mandates, uh, but, you know, we should remain restrictions until certain vaccination numbers. He's very in you know, his grift in the middle ground. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going, well, he's the best option to win, uh, but he's not as bad as the other one. So we'll see how many people actually vote with their conscience. But whatever happens this election, this People's Party of Canada, this real it's a real nationalist movement. It is only growing. I am excited. If you've been following me for a while, you know I prayed, uh, I think we actually did about three or four novenas. One was a 54-day novena. We went hardcore. The rosary, I mean, we do the rosary every day, but we did like the three day in a row of the, you know, the the different mysteries, right? You're supposed to obviously, you know, Monday to Wednesday is uh, joyful through glorious, then you repeat that, and then Sunday is whatever you want. We did the actual 54-day rosary novenas. We did track and whatever, and with the intention of if we had to move to America. That's, anyway, kept kind of coming up blank. Kept getting roadblocks, applied for visas, applied for whatever. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we said, you know what? The Lord Almighty is keeping uh, these disgruntled Canucks in the land of the base lumberjacks. And uh, I'm happy that uh, I'm seeing this happen because it's given me a little bit of pep in my step. Tobacco in my pipe. And uh, reasons to be excited. 
Uh, you know. So anyway, good stuff is happening. Uh, whatever happens next Monday, win or lose, I know they're they're probably not going to win the actual. Uh, um, not the actual pre, uh, prime ministership. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. Well, miracles happen, but. Uh, people are saying, "Well, what if what if these guys win? I mean, all these guys are uh, un—they're all um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're all uh, uh, inexperienced politicians. Aren't you worried about how they're going to be able to do your job?" And I'm thinking, "Are you on drugs?" As Father Isaac would say, "Are you on drugs?" <laughs> like, I mean, do you think the people that are that just spent like a bazillion dollars on a cold and flu season are somehow qualified? Get out of here, you morons! So, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's other good news as well. I'm going to give you an, an exclusive here about what's going on in your own beautiful country um, of the good old US of A. It's an exclusive. I'm going to give it to you before it's even published on LifeSite because that's how much I, uh, you know, you guys got the inside scoop here. Uh, great news. Great news out of Oklahoma. So if you don't remember, Oklahoma actually had some pretty significant pro-life legislation passed in um, April. And it, it didn't go into effect yet. Uh, when it what was passed was a heartbeat bill, just like Texas, okay? A little bit different, uh, you know, um, small differences in how it would be applied. But they passed also eight other pro-life bills this legislative session this year. So Governor Stitt of Oklahoma, he celebrated nine new pro-life laws with a ceremonial bill signing on uh, September 9th. And um, he said, I promised Oklahomans I would sign every piece of pro-life, pro-life legislation that came across my desk. And I'm proud to keep that promise as a father of six. It's an honor to be the most pro-life governor in the whole country. And I will always set up, uh, step up to protect the lives of the unborn. So the ceremonial signing came just a week after the landmark heartbeat law in Texas, the Oklahoma signed their own heartbeat bill in April, uh, and it's set to come into effect November 1st. Now, there were some legal challenges, just little things, but that was, but the, there, there's a lot of hope now from people because the Texas one went, went into effect back when it was signed in April, all the pro-abort bloodthirsty uh, Planned Parenthood employees were saying, oh, this is no, this never passed, not constitutional. Well, the Supreme Court said otherwise a couple weeks ago. Uh, so in the actual law, it's pretty hardcore. It says no person shall perform uh, or induce an abortion upon a pregnant woman without first detecting whether or not her unborn child has a heartbeat. So they call her unborn child in the legislation. No person shall perform or induce an abortion upon pregnant women after such a time as her unborn child has been determined to have a detectable heartbeat. Uh, it does allow for exceptions. Uh, basically says uh, reasonable medical judgment, health of the mother, et cetera, et cetera. The nice thing about that, though, people, is that that's actually very extremely rare. Even pro-abortion uh, doctors will tell you, like, if, if a woman came in and uh, she, like, I mean, in cases where someone has, like, has to go through chemo or something, sometimes you'll have the doctor say get an abortion. That's very sad. Uh, but it's actually, but that's really rare in the first place. But it's also very rare that a, an abortionist will actually say that a woman should have an abortion if there's a problem. Because... For example, uh, if a woman's late in her pregnancy and has, like, let's say, cancer of the uterus, it's actually faster for her to have a C-section, medically speaking, an emergency C-section. And now kids can survive at 23, uh, 24, 25 weeks. I've seen it happen. I think uh, someone I knew was 25 weeks and their kids survived an emergency C-section. 